0: Sir, for entrusting me with this evening. Amen. I believe the Bible says be instant in season and out of season. So I had you can ask uh Nicholas back there, you can ask Dylan back there. I had an entire line of scripture, but we are going to go to a completely different direction tonight. Amen. God wants to speak to us, especially in these end times. Amen. We are going to be reading in the book of Joel, chapter two, very familiar chapter. Prelude to the day of Pentecost, foreshadow the day of Pentecost, the mentioning of the great and terrible day of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to go chapter 2, verse 11. Amen. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide in it? Amen. Tonight, can we close our eyes and lift our hands to the Ancient of Days? Can we begin to lift our voice in these perilous times? Can we begin to lift our voice in these end times, desiring revival to come? Can we begin to lift our voice right now, sons and daughters of the Most High? Begin to lift your voice through your emotions. Begin to lift your voice through the day that you had and the thoughts that are going in your mind. Begin to lift your voice, apostolics. Lord God of Jacob, we thank you for your word and your truth. We thank you, God, that you never leave us nor forsake us. And God, we know that as things are transpiring in this world... God, you are preparing to bring your kingdom here. God, we know, God, that great exploits are going to transpire. God, you're going to demonstrate your wonders. And God, we are believing and claiming, oh God, the revival to come. In Jesus' name, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? And can somebody give him a shout of praise in the house tonight? Amen. You may be seated. Now, Pastor, as we were uh, recollecting and And reminiscing about the time that everybody laughed while you were preaching in Florida, I am proud to say, sir, I was not laughing. Amen. And so uh, I was the son-in-law saying, go get, get it, sir. And I don't know what was happening, but laughter is good for the soul. Amen. And as I said tonight, I had a whole message laid out. It is plugged into the live stream scriptures. It was plugged into easy worship, but God wants to speak to his people tonight. Jesus was speaking to his apostles, the, uh, the apostles or the disciples. And the disciples were asking, Jesus, when are you coming back? This is in Matthew 24. And he said, well, before I come back, all these things have to transpire. It has to be pestilence, which is sickness, disease, plagues. It's going to have to be famine, which is transpiring in the world today. It is going to have to be wars and rumors of wars. We know that that is a perpetual thing that is in the news, especially this week, as uh, Afghanistan has fallen to the Taliban once again in a matter of days. With 20 years of investment, the Taliban has ro- rolled in, and now more than likely it will be a hotbed for terrorism. So we have a potential war and a rumor of war. These things are transpiring. We know that there's going to be a a multitude of ungodliness that begins to rise up. But Jesus told his disciples, Now listen up, those that are following me. This is only the beginning of sorrows. This is the prelude to the tribulation and the great tribulation. This is the prelude to me. Coming and splitting the eastern sky and me establishing that kingdom. For me to come and establish the kingdom of God, these things have to happen. And we are living in those times. We are living through the COVID-19 wars and rumors of wars. We're living in a government that is incredibly secular and humanistic. We have, as Elder Phillips was talking about, Marxist ideology that is beginning to infiltrate the schools and even be infiltrating the church. And we have to be aware. But now is the time. That we pray. Now is the time that we fast. Now is the time that we are not complacent. Because as we were talking about last time that I preached, the enemy is desiring our next generation, but he operates in our complacency he operates in our sleep. Wake up out of slumber if we are not careful. The ease of Zion begins to infiltrate the church house if we are not careful. Now is not the time to be complacent for ourselves, for this church, and for our children, and for our youth. Amen. Joel, which is believed to be written in the Uh, post exilic period. That means after the destruction of the first temple. After the Ark of the Covenant was lost. After 70 years of exile in Babylon and Persia. Now they had the opportunity to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the city and rebuild the temple. We get a glimpse of Joel and that particular prophecy. Yes, it's talking about the great and terrible day of the Lord, his return. I am looking for the day when every president and every potentate and every leader and everybody that ever doubted what we said will see the eastern sky tear open. And there is Yeshua. There is Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords in all his glory Coming with his church, amen. I am looking forward to that day, but it requires us praying. It requires us fasting. It requires us reaching for God and not being complacent. Complacency kills. We have to be situationally aware of what is being inundated to our children. What is being inundated to our society, as Elder Phillips was talking about last time he preached. But if we don't do anything, it creeps in. That is how Jerusalem was destroyed the first time. How Moloch and all these gods got to Jerusalem because of a complacency. It was a generation that was stiff necked and complacent that allowed these spirits to take their children and to take their relationship with God. If we are not careful, we walk ourselves into another exile. But revival's coming. Revival is coming. The harvest is ready who is willing to work, as, as Pastor was talking about. In these times where it's an economic crisis, where people are panicking over COVID, when things are transpiring in our nation, now is the time to reach out like never, like any other. Now is the time to show them the love of Jesus. Now is the time to fight for their souls because all the defenses of comfort are down. And now you can infiltrate that depression and the things that they're going through with the love and hope of Jesus Christ amen. Joel, meaning worshiper of Yahweh, his name. Joel chapter uh, 2 verse 12. Therefore also, this is them desiring to come back to God after being in exile. This is them desiring to come back and have that relationship with God when they had generations before them lose that opportunity. They didn't want to be like their predecessors. They didn't want to be like the generation that allowed things to be stripped from them and taken from them. They wanted restoration. They desired revival, but it took them emphasizing and going into the desperation for the deeper things of God. This is captivated. This is written in the book of Joel, yes, it's the, the end times, but it's us coming back together as the people of God. Verse 12 says, therefore also saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Turn your heart to him with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments. Rend means to tear he doesn't want to stay superficial, ritualistic rending of the garments. He wants a rendering of your heart. He wants you to tear your heart open for him so he can infiltrate and amend it. We know that in the last days, people's hearts will be hardened. Their conscience will be seared. That means that burning heat that seals. But it's the hardening of the heart that is transpiring Right now in our society, it is a harshness towards one another where a house divided cannot stand, and it has infiltrated the church as a whole. But we have to rend our heart with every ounce of our being to the Creator and the Master of our soul for revival to happen. How can we reach the lost if our heart is hardened? How can we activate revival in our churches if our heart is hardened? Amen. It says, rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And repenteth him of the evil. He knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Now, You have heard this said before, blow the trumpet, that is translated as blow the shofar in Zion. Sanctify a fast and call a solemn assembly. We know that the shofar was a representation of calling for war, calling for battle. It was to sound the alarm of the people in Israel and the villages. Hey, the enemy is outside the gates. We've got together and stand and make a defense and prepare to fight. Not only that, it was a call to prayer. It was a call of fasting. It was a calling of weeping and mourning between the porch and altar, desiring for God to do something with his people. I don't know if you realize it or not, the shofar has gone out in this last year. That trumpet has been blown with his people. He is calling us together to pray and to fast like never before. To come together as an assembly. COVID-19 has tried to destroy that assembly. People falling into the virtual alone thinking that they don't have to come together is the body of God. Satan has infiltrated the assembly. But we have made the determination that we will be an assembly that prays and fasts in these last times. Amen. It says called the solemn assembly. Come together and desire. This is Joel. This is after the precious temple of God was destroyed and they had a whole generation of 70 years that never knew the Lord, never had that experience, never encountered His glory. We need to desire. We've got to be that generation that desires God more than what society is telling us it is. We have as apostolics have to come together and desire as the solemn assembly for the sake of our children, for the sake of our youth, and for the sake of the next generation, and for the sake of our community. We've got to be the solemn assembly willing to fight. Does anybody hear the trumpet tonight? It says, gather the people and sanctify the congregation. Sanctifying yourself. Repenting. Preparing your heart for the revival to come. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breast. Those that are nursing. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride come out of her closet. Let everybody stop their life and run to the house of God and do the things of God. Doesn't matter about your intention. Doesn't matter about your dreams. Stop trying to write your own will of God. Begin to stop and begin to go to the community of God. Begin to reach out and go to the church house of God. Begin to pray in your prayer closets. Everybody stop your own intentions and tap into the intentions of God is what he's saying in the book of Joel. Even in the middle of your marriage, you've got to go. You've got to get to the assembly cuz God is ready to restore. Amen. One of my favorite, let the priests let the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch. And the altar, talking about that place between the brazen altar and the porch that led into the holy place, they wept between that place, desiring for Israel to be restored, desiring for the presence of God to restore in their land because they had a generation that forfeited it for 70 years. They are desiring for God to move in the community, but it was a people of God stopping their own intentions, stopping their selfishness, their, selfless, their selfishness and beginning to run to the things of God. And God is calling us to do that in our last days, in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of wars and rumors of war, in the middle of postmodernism, in the middle of Marxism. God is calling us to make a stand and come together and pray. Amen. Amen. The trumpet has been sounded, but we cannot have an ease in Zion. It says, gather the people, blow the trumpet in Zion. Amen. Then... Let the priests and ministers weep between porch and altar, and let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. God, bring back the backsliders. God, bring back those that have walked away from this truth. God, bring back those that are beginning to tip away from your precepts seeking the world. God, spare thy people. Do we pray for our backsliders? Do we pray for those that are teetering here? Or are we going to let them walk away to Moab? Spare thy people, God. Let your presence return. Spare our children, God. Spare our generations. This is the desperation of a generation that didn't want to be like their predecessors. They wanted the glory of God in the house of God. Amen. Spare thy people, Lord, and give not thy heritage to reproach. Repro- Don't let my legacy be one without you. That the heathens should rule over them. Man, what are we going to allow if we are not careful to rule over us? Is it the works of our flesh? Is it this society infiltrating our households? That is heathenism in its own spec because it's not of God. Is it going to be pride that infiltrates and rules us? Or are we going to have a legacy that is of God? God, let my heritage not be of reproach. Amen. Wherefore they should say among the people, where is their God? They're saying, God, please, we, we pray between porch and altar. Don't let us be the generation where people question our walk and say, where is their God? God, let's not be the generation that forgets your name. Let us not be the generation in the next generation. The next generation, the next generation. I believe we said we declare war, correct? The enemy has infiltrated. The enemy is working. We have to hear the trumpet. Let us be the generation that teaches the next generation. Let us be the generation that does not forget how to worship, how to praise, how to seek God, and how to study to show thyself approved. God, we cry between porch and altar, but do we hear the trumpet? Amen. Man, I don't ever want anybody to say, where is Brother John Brown's God? Because that was the generations before Joel. Amen. Then, as there is that crying, then the Lord will be jealous for his land and pity his people. Verse 25 of the second chapter of Joel. And I, talking about God, will restore to you the years the locusts had eaten. Man, many of us, there's been a locust in our lives, hasn't there? And we're talking those big grasshoppers that wipe out crop. What locust has infiltrated and consumed your joy, your peace, and your purpose these last couple years, these last couple months? Has it been swarms or it just been a few? Because a few locusts, you've given enough time, and it'll take out the crop that you've invested and grown. It'll eat away the fruit that was produced if you are not careful. But God said, I'm going to restore what the locusts had eaten, what the canker worm. Man, I'm telling you, I've got plenty of those canker worms living in the peaches in my backyard. And it takes away because it's slow and it's tedious. And if you're not careful, if you don't go against it, it begins to tear away and to eat what was produced. All right. Amen. All right. And the caterpillar and the palm worm, same precept. My great army, which I have sent among you. God will restore In these last days, that revival, if we pray and we fast and we have that solemn assembly, if we pay attention to the trumpet that God is blowing, but if we sit and do nothing, we lose that generation. We lose our youth. We lose our children if we do not listen to the trumpet. And then are we that generation that becomes the byword where our enemies and the enemy of our soul says, where is thy God? Or do we understand that the trumpet has been blown these last couple of years as we're going through all these tedious things in these economic and social and governmental problems. Understand that God is churning the tide. He is churning the world. Creation itself is beginning to cry out for its maker, for him to return. But we as a church and the remnant have to prepare for the revival to come. Are we willing to do something about the trumpet that was blown? Are we willing to come together as an assembly? Or are we going to have our heritage be of reproach? God is calling us here tonight in these last days to do something about it. God is calling us here tonight to begin to rise up and to gather together and the priest and the ministers to wail between the porch and the altar for the sake of our children. I know I keep pounding on it, but that is the tactic of the enemy to consume our generation. But are we going to gather? God is calling us to gather here tonight and in this moment forward for the revival pastor was talking about because they will be coming. I heard a, an army chaplain that said it perfectly uh, a couple months ago. He said that I have to ensure that I am filled because I pour the overflow out to the lost. But if I am empty, I have nothing to offer to the lost. Amen. It is us here tonight that God is calling. It is a solemn assembly he wants us to pray and to fast and to wail and to begin to seek his face like never before for the sake of our generation to come, for the sake of our children. I'm going to say it again, for the sake of this church, amen. Can we stand to our feet tonight? Can we begin to clap our hands? God, wake us out of sleep. God, bring the ease out of Zion. Oh God, let us gather together between porch and altar. They prayed, they wailed, they shout, and then the glory Glory of God, return to the house of God. Begin to lift your voice, children of the Most High. Shout with a voice that triumph. Amen. Put your hands together. Magnify the King.